Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hit it! This is not a race war that we're seeing in the streets of Portland and other major cities. It's a manifestation, the latest round in the battle for the heart and soul of this republic. Stand by. The doors to the newsroom are locked and the PC police are not getting in. So sit back and relax as we unfold today's edition of the Ledger Report. San Diego, one anchor man was more man than the rest. His name was Graham Ledger. He was like a god walking amongst mere mortals. violence and destruction that we've seen in recent weeks and months has occurred in cities exclusively controlled and dominated by the Biden, Joe Biden party. Stop tape. In other words, the Democrat party. And this is the point the president's been trying to make for many weeks now. But it's not just the rioting, right? It's the inner city. It's Chicago. It's Detroit, led by decades and decades of Democrat leadership have driven these cities into the ground, driven productive people out, and left a class of people dependent on government, which is what they want, because government to them is the Democrat Party. So it is this cycle. And now we're seeing just the the tip of the spear. These are the radicals, the real radicals within the Democrat Party. These are the Bernie Sanders radicals that are doing the rioting and the attacking and the murdering and the assaults and the uh, unrest in our civil society. This is a portion of the modern Democrat Party. These would be the radicals within the Democrat Party. The Bernie Sanders, AOC, uh, Rashida Tlaib, Ilan Omar, radicals. Not all Democrats are radicals, of course, but the unfortunate reality is it seems to me there are enough Democrats out there who are not radicals who silently tacitly allow these attacks on our civil society to take place and they simply stand on the sidelines and watch it happen. I'm not even talking about politicians here. I'm not talking about the Joe Bidens and the Nancy Pelosi's and the Chuck Schumer's of the world. I'm talking about our neighbors. When you have a conversation with the people who are supporting Joe Biden for president, if you can have a rational conversation, and some people you can, some people you can't, But the ones that you can have a quasi-rational conversation with, and you start digging down into the reasons they're supporting Joe Biden, necessarily it devolves nine times out of ten into a disdain for Donald Trump. This is nothing new uh, as part of the modern Democrat Party game plan, right? 
there was a huge disdain for George W. Bush. They hated George W. Bush. They hated his dad to a certain degree, and they got him out of there as, as quickly as possible, one-term president. And, of course, they hated Ronald Reagan. So this is the latest rendition, certainly uh, one of the main characteristics of the modern Democrat Party, and that is to show utter hatred on a personal level for the Republican candidate for president or the Republican president of the United States. So this is part of their game plan. And so it's unfortunate that when you have these conversations with the people who are supporting Joe Biden for president, necessarily it devolves into this personal attack against Donald Trump. When you try and keep them on the rails and you try and have a rational discussion about policies and about what's happening, for example, in the inner cities, it necessarily dissolves to this crazy talk of, well, this is all because of Donald Trump. It's Donald Trump's fault that they're rioting in Portland. No. This is a manifestation of the election cycle for the Democrat Party. They love this. This goes back to their 1960s roots in protesting the war and protesting Richard Nixon. This is what they've been doing now for many, many decades. And so we're seeing this in the streets of Portland. We're seeing this in the streets of Kenosha, Wisconsin, largely quelled now because of the presence of the National Guard. But we're seeing it in other cities. We're seeing pockets of rioting going on and these hired guns going to these cities and take advantage of an explosive situation to tear apart law and order in our civil society. But again, this is just the tip of the spear for the modern Democrat Party. There are millions and millions of Democrats out there who are supporting Joe Biden who must reject this violence but are not speaking up. And we know, of course, through the long arc of history, people who don't speak up against what is necessarily wrong are tacitly giving their approval to what is necessarily wrong. We've seen this through the course of history, of course. And so it's interesting the way this is developing here. You have these radicals that are getting a lot of press in the mainstream media, tearing down these cities. And then you have the vast majority of Democrats who are just simply remaining silent. Finally, Joe Biden comes out and condemns the violence. Big deal. Big deal. It's the rank and file of the Democrat Party that needs to come out and take back their city, right? De uh, Portland is a Democrat-controlled city. Chicago is a Democrat-controlled city. These major inner cities, these blue cities, have been under Democrat control for decades and decades. It's about time that the good people, if there are some in the modern Democrat Party, speak up now and stand up for their communities and stand up for their neighborhoods and say, hey, enough is enough. I mean, there's a report out of Chicago. Uh, this is from Zero Hedge that says, shoot on sight. Chicago gangs form a pact to execute police officers who draw weapons on suspects. Now, this is just not some flamboyant reporting off the cuff. This is from the FBI. The FBI apparently has rooted out that there's this agreement among these gang members who are shooting up each other now all of a sudden to train their guns on police. So 
you talk about vigilantes, and, and of course the left likes to, to point at gun owners like myself as uh, potential vigilantes and potential militia. What in the hell is this? And, and where is the mayor of Chicago on this? And where are the good Democrats? We know there are a lot of them in the Chicago area, of course. Where are the good Democrats on this? Silence. This is the real problem. This is, this is why I say this is not a race war. This is a battle for the heart and soul of this constitutional republic. We have been in a constitutional crisis in this country for many, many years, manifesting itself um, most importantly, vividly, and unfortunately anti-constitutionally during the Obama administration. And Joe Biden wants to pick up where Barack Obama left off, and then some, because he has adopted the Bernie Sanders agenda. More on that in a moment. But Donald Trump is out there trying to be the law and order president. And he travels to Wisconsin to say, hey, thank you to the National Guard. And he unleashes the FBI to do investigations on this innocent American who was gunned down on the streets of Portland. He's not putting up with it. And he is answering the call. Roll tape. If you take a look, the top ten in the country are... Democrats, it's Democrat-run cities, and it's a shame, and it can be solved so easy. Stop tape, yes. And this is what I'm talking about. This is what I'm alluding to. It can be stopped very easily. But the people have to speak up. The people have to go to Mayor Lightweight in Chicago and say, hey, enough. Enough is enough. We respect our police officers. We love our police officers. We want law and order. It is the very foundation for any civil society. And mayor, you got to do your job or you're out of here. But I don't hear I don't hear the good people of Chicago saying that. The silence unfortunately is deafening. And so now we have the shoot on site in Chicago. And I'm sure it's going to explode into other democrat controlled cities. And by the way, as a footnote to what the president was saying about democrat controlled cities and this crime wave and this wave of rioting. It should be noted, too, that the top 10 municipalities in this country that have the, the worst results in terms of the response to COVID-19, the largest number of deaths, the largest number of spread, the largest number of cases, they're all 9 out of 10, I believe, are in Democrat-controlled enclaves. So there you go. Isn't that ironic when these... Blue city mayors, mostly in blue states, have this draconian response to the Wuhan coronavirus, limiting people's rights, limiting businesses, shutting down businesses, going after people who actually uh, want to exercise their First Amendment rights to go to church or maybe gather as more than one, our right to assemble in the First Amendment our right to go to church and practice our religion in the First Amendment, our right to free speech. Free speech is being curtailed by these blue city mayors. And yet, the Wuhan coronavirus rates are the worst in these blue cities. And, of course, we have the crime. And the president's out there trying to do something about it. We have this report out of Los Angeles. I don't know if you saw the video where these rioters... Um, drove a vehicle 
through a plate glass window to, I guess, rob it. And there's video of it. And you can have a look at it yourself. But this is almost now becoming an everyday occurrence in these, these major blue cities. And so where in Los Angeles is the outrage? Honestly. Honest to God. Are, are people that now inoculated to this violence that they almost expect it on a daily basis? Somebody drives a vehicle through a plate glass window somewhere in Los Angeles. It was a business. Straight through it, backs up, and then leaves, and then the, the looting happens, right? The rioters, the so-called peaceful protesters, start acting like ants, and they crawl over it and take whatever they want. It's, it just turns my stomach every time I see that. started in, in New York, and it has spread all over the country from time to time. And where are, you know, people say, where are the police? Well, the police can't be everywhere, but good people are everywhere. I firmly believe that in my heart, that we do have good people everywhere in this country. There's a lot of bad people and a lot of lemmings out there and a lot of people who are being hoodwinked. Again, you know, your neighbor who's voting for Joe Biden has a Joe Biden placard in his or her front lawn. They're being duped. They are the uneducated. They are the product of public schools or the product of the mainstream media and its propaganda attacking Donald Trump. Again, I made the mistake just yesterday of, of flipping on. I wanted to watch the local news. And then, it, of course, it segued into the national news. They program national news. It doesn't matter whether it's NBC, ABC, or CBS. It's all the same. And I've, I've, I've looked at this a couple times now over the last couple of months. And I haven't watched network news in years. But it's worse than ever. I mean, I thought it was bad during the Dan Rather years. It is like they produce a newscast that is designed to harm the President of the United States, to harm our constitutional rights, and to spread the pop propaganda of the left. Story after story after story how the President is wrong on COVID and how the rioters are rioting because of the President of the United States and that black people are oppressed in this country and they can't do anything because of white people. And white people need to get out of the way and, and give black people their money. Reparations. It's, it's unbelievable. Night after night after night they do this. A rundown, which is the order of the show, we call it in the industry a rundown. The rundown is designed from top to bottom to harm the 45th president of the United States and install Joe Biden as the 46th president of the United States. It's unbelievable. And imagine if you're sitting at home and you're that guy, your neighbor with the Joe Biden sign in your yard and you're watching NBC Nightly News and you see these reports of how awful the president of the United States is. How in the hell are you going to vote? If you believe that stuff, of course you're going to vote against the president. And largely... That's what we're seeing here. These aren't votes for Joe Biden. These people don't like Joe Biden. They're voting against Donald Trump because they hate Donald Trump on a personal, visceral level. And so Joe Biden exits his library where he's been doing his Zoom, and he goes to some hermetically sealed location 
in Pennsylvania, and he delivers a speech to nobody, right? I mean, they make it, they tried to kind of make it look like the White House and what Donald Trump did during his acceptance speech in the Republican National Convention. The problem is there were no people there. And it's a very flat kind of looking from, again, from a television production perspective, it's a very flat look. And you don't want flat looks in television. You want depth. And that's what the president had at the White House. It was the president in the foreground, the focal point, And there was maybe something in the foreground before him. But certainly in the background, there were the American flags. And behind that, there was the White House. So there was depth, not only to the speech itself, the content of the speech, but there was depth from a television production standpoint. Joe Biden, no depth, flat. He's up against these flags and some sort of mesh, and that's it. And, and you can tell there's no audience. You can, you can tell there's no interaction there. I do public speaking all the time. Speak to the camera. There's no audience. But I have been trained to create a conversation, even though it's a one-way uh, speaking engagement here when you're talking on television. But when you're speaking to a crowd, I'm wholly different. I'm engaging the crowd. I'm, I'm bringing the audience along with me. I'm trying to interact with the audience as much as possible. I'm looking them at in the eyeball. And I'm engaging, at least attempting to engage them. Joe Biden, flat, completely flat, not only from this visual perspective, but from a content perspective. And here's old sloppy Joe. Roll tape. The murder right now is up 26%. Across the nation this year under Donald Trump. Stop tape. Now, anybody with a brain could look at that sentence and realize that the president of the United States has virtually no effect on the murder rate in this country. It's like saying Barack Obama, the murder rate went up. The Barack Obama, the murder rate went down. It, there's a non sequitur there, right? Barack Obama, people shedding their American... Uh, citizenship, the U.S. citizenship, well, there could be a correlation there. And Barack Obama, illegal immigration on the increase, certainly a correlation there if he's not having the Border Patrol patrol the border, which is what Barack Obama did. Illegal immigration on the increase, correlation with the President of the United States. Murder, no. Policing is a local issue. To a certain degree, it's a state issue, but more than anything, it's a local issue. The President of the United States has virtually no effect on crime and on murder in these municipalities. The murder rate is up in New York City, not because of Donald Trump, but because of Bill de Blasio and him telling the police to back off and let the rioters riot, let the looters loot. And, you know, you police stage over here when all the action's over there. That's why the murder rate is up, because you have poor Democrat leadership in these inner cities. Same thing in Chicago. Why, why is the murder rate so high in Chicago? Has anybody stopped to think about that? Can't it be mitigated? Can't it be stopped? If you had an, uh, a, a Republican mayor in Chicago... Never going to happen. But if you did, who was a pro-law and order mayor, and he or she set up a system to, to sweep through the South Side and say, that's it, enough. We're going to put an end to these murders. It could be done. It could be done. You're not going to end it 100%, but you certainly can reduce it. It's what I would at least try to do. 
But it's up to the locals. It's up to the mayors. It's up to the police chiefs. It's up to the people. In the end, it's up to the residents of these cities to stop murders in their communities. Not the president, Joe. Roll tape. Do you really feel safer when you're down, Sean? Stop oh. tape. Now, who do you feel safer under from a national security perspective? Barack Obama or Donald Trump? There's, there's no comparison, right? Yeah, Obama happened to be in the White House when Osama bin Laden was taken out, but it was a mere coincidence. It wasn't because of Barack Obama. It was in spite of Barack Obama. Roll tape. COVID has taken this year, just since the outbreak, has taken more than 100 years. Look, here's the lives. It's just, it's a, I mean, you think about it. More lives this year than any other year for the past 100 years. Okay. That was completely unedited. I just let that roll because I wanted to have you hear this in context. I don't know what in the hell he just said. Do you know what? I speak liberalese. I know how to decipher radical talk, but I don't know how to dissemble mumbo jumbo. What did Joe Biden just say there? He got lost in the teleprompter and he's, you know, he's got this deer in the headlights look as he's trying to figure out what in the hell he's saying. I don't know what he was trying to say. Was he trying to say there was 180,000 deaths by Wuhan coronavirus in 100 years? What? 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 What in the wide world of sports is Joe Biden saying? This is your candidate, Democrat Party. This is fairly typical of Joe Biden. And this is why the Democrats are deathly afraid. Now, he's reading off a teleprompter here, clearly, because he's looking straight into the camera. I have no teleprompter here. This is all off the top of my head. But Joe Biden, as the military used to say, by the way, I haven't heard this for many years, Joe bite me. When he was vice president, now I want to get to a poll regarding this um, and support for him. They used to call him Joe bite me. I could never say that on national television, but I can say it here. So he's the mumbo jumbo uh, dyslexic, I guess, speech impediment, dementia driven candidate. Sloppy Joe Biden, sloppy again. And so, you know, the mainstream media is just going to gloss this one over. They're just going to completely ignore it. They're going to focus on other parts of the speech, and that's fine. But here it is, another piece to the puzzle of this building, ever-growing blooper reel that is Joe Biden. That's going to be, I would imagine, is right now probably being worked upon by the Donald Trump for President campaign. And they're going to put together the best of or the worst of Joe Biden flubs. I mean, it's embarrassing. So let's see how he gets out of this. If he gets out of it, I guess he's talking about the Wuhan coronavirus. But, you know, 10 seconds ago, he was talking about murders in the United States. So is he trying to make a transition? here? And the funny thing, <laughs> the, the hilarious thing is to watch these um, sign language interpreters. When Biden starts going off the rails like this, they're doing their thing. And then, then it's like they're kind of <laughs> 
uh, I don't know. Is there a sign for uh, uh, I don't know. Roll tape. More than 180,000 lives in just six months. An average of a thousand people dying every day in the month of August. Stop tape. You know, I had a conversation with one of these Democrats the other day to try and explain that, you know, in the in a bad flu season, we can lose 30,000 Americans a month. And so over six months, that's 180,000. It's 180,000 Americans. And, you know, I continue to do research on the Wuhan coronavirus, and I continue to come up with all kinds of nuggets uh, of information. Um but in the end, if you start running the numbers and you run them, even, even the inflated numbers, and we know the numbers are inflated, the mortality rate is no worse than the seasonal flu. And the overall response by this here government, the federal government of the United States, has been head and shoulders above any other country in the world. And the rates, the death rates, reflect it. So to come out and say, so, so this is what I ask. Part of you know, the, this network news coverage is the Wuhan coronavirus and, and how horrible it is and people are dying and schools can't open, right? That's the message over and over and over again. And that, oh, by the way, the, the new White House czar on COVID-19 is a proponent of herd immunity, which I've studied over and over again. Here's my question to the mainstream media. Once the flu season hits, are you going to start reporting on cases of the flu? CNN. They highlight names and faces of people who have succumbed to the Wuhan coronavirus. CNN. Are you going to be having names and faces of people who succumbed to the flu? I'm just wondering. If Joe Biden's elected president, are you going to continue mainstream media to report the way you're reporting on the Wuhan coronavirus, or suddenly, suddenly, it's going to be, we've turned the corner. Look at these statistics. Look at the response by Joe Biden, the Joe Biden administration, a national mask mandate, wants to shut down the entire U.S. economy from the Oval Office, which there is no constitutional authority for either. By the way, there's no statutory authority for either. But look at this response from the White House and look at their corresponding numbers. They're going to do their, their famous job of figures lie on liars figure. And suddenly, the United States is going to turn the corner on the Wuhan coronavirus. And it's going to be a miracle. And then right around there, of course, there's going to be a vaccine. And once the vaccine uh, hits the scene, it's going to be happy days are here again. We can go back to going to baseball games in church. Mark my words. If Donald Trump is reelected, it's going to be a more painful exit from the Wuhan coronavirus. I think to a certain degree, these blue state governors and the mainstream media are going to be tired of crushing their economies and crushing the lives of the people that live in blue states and scaring the dickens out of older people uh, in this country. I think they're going to start to lose their enthusiasm for that slowly. It's going to happen a lot slower if Donald Trump is reelected. It's going to happen. It's just going to happen a lot slower if Donald Trump is reelected president of the United States. Joe Biden 
elected president of the United States, bam, it's going to be like a light bulb going off. But the thing you have to remember about Joe Biden, even though he's sloppy Joe, and even though he can't articulate the way a prototypical presidential candidate should, is the policy. And we need to continue to hammer policy. For example, as I mentioned, immigration under Barack Obama. Joe Biden's going to do what Barack Obama did only in spades because he has now accepted the Bernie Sanders, the radical Bernie Sanders agenda. And this headline out of Breitbart says it all. Joe Biden's immigration plan to accelerate chain migration inflow. And it's right there. I like to confirm. I trust the people of Breitbart, but I also like to confirm. Trust but verify, as the uh, 40th president used to say. And here it is. Right on the Biden-Harris website. You can look at it yourself. Here's the headline in case you want to Google it. The Biden plan for securing our values as a nation of immigrants. We are not a nation of immigrants. We are a nation of Americans. Some of us, virtually all of us, have some sort of immigration roots. But that's applicable to any country. If you go back far enough, people from Greece immigrated to what is now Greece centuries ago. Every nation is a nation of immigrants dating back to Adam and Eve. It's absolutely nonsensical. We're a nation of Americans. We are a melting pot. We should be anyway, not a salad bowl. But chain migration um, puts us... If, if Biden is allowed to implement basically unlimited chain migration... We're going to be a salad bowl uh, forever. Part of the plan reads like this. As president, Biden will support family-based immigration by preserving family unification as a foundation of our immigration system. So think about this. Chain migration is a foundation for the U.S. immigration system. By allowing any approved applicant to receive a temporary non-immigrant visa, I don't even know what a non-immigrant visa exactly is. It sounds rather nefarious. How, how can you have a non-immigrant visa? If you have a visa, by definition, aren't you an immigrant? Temporary non-immigrant visa until the permanent visa is processed. And so, as somebody said, I think in this article, it's like issuing a driver's license and worrying about the, the driver's test after. This is insanity. Chain migration effectively allows people who have come to this country to determine who comes in next instead of me instead of you immigration should be based on what you and i want we are the americans here right we should determine who comes into our house do you let somebody else determine who comes into your house hell no well this is our house and you're not going to allow a person who knows a person or a family member of a family member come into your house without some sort of verification, without some sort of due process, without abiding by the law, your law, our law in the United States. And so in the end, we get immigration chaos. And that's exactly what the Democrat Party wants, right? There's a poll out there. I want to hit this because I alluded to it in talking about Joe Biden. This is out of the Daily Caller. It says, uh, active duty troops support Biden over Trump, according to the Military Times. Now, the Military Times, I've read many articles out of the Military Times. They're, they're Democrat-leading. They're liberals. 
And it's just a reflection of our society today that, that many people who go into, quote, journalism, it's not journalism, it's propaganda, but who go into, quote, journalism are liberals. And that goes for the Military Times as well. According to the Military Times, 43% of American troops polled said they would vote for Biden compared to 37% who prefer Donald Trump. I don't believe that. I do not believe that. Just from my anecdotal experience in dealing with members of our armed forces, but also knowing their roots, I do not believe this poll. Um, I think there's a certain factor involved in there, and it kind of dovetails into this other poll that's uh, conducted by... This was an organization that actually predicted a Trump victory in 2016. This is the, the Dornsife. You ever heard of that? Dornsife? USC poll. Um, it, in 2016, kind of segued into predicting a Donald Trump, not an outright Donald Trump victory, but it, it had numbers that were different from the other mainstream media polling. This uh, piece is headlined out of Yahoo. Trump has slipped among key groups that backed him in 2016. Uh, I take this with a pound of salt when I read stuff like this. The upshot of it is this. Although Trump has lost 9% of its 2016 voters, this is according to this Dornsife, 9% of 2016 voters, about 4% of those who voted for Clinton now say they will vote for Trump. So the way I decipher this one, the pound of salt is over here, and then I start picking it apart. 4%? Donald Trump picks up 4% of Clinton voters? That's huge. This 9% he lost, I don't believe it. It is the same factor that I, that I factor in for the military poll over here. And that is there are millions of Americans who are supporting Donald Trump for president of the United States and will pull the lever in November or lick the stamp in November for Donald Trump, but they don't admit it to the polling. This is the factor. You, you, you can't go out there and, and issue a poll and say, hey, are you going to vote for Donald Trump, president of the United States? And then the next question, are you telling the truth? <laughs> you, know? you give them a secret poll, right? A, a double secret probation poll over here. We're going to give you this poll, and then this is the real poll. We want you. There's no way to decipher this. People are sometimes, some of these polls are conducted in, in, in person. Some of them are conducted on the phone. Most of them, the good ones, are a person-to-person -person conversation. And there is a factor involved there where, you know, people don't want to invent somebody else. Um, I don't really care. Uh, my Wi-Fi at my house, uh, which is disseminated, I, I found out about, goes about four or five houses down uh, so about a four or five house radius, if there was a radius of houses. And then on, I live on the golf course. So it radiates down all the way to the pond on the other side of the tee box. <laughs> my Wi-Fi is Trump 2020. So I've given away my location for all you maniacs out there. You want to track me down? I'm sure there's millions of Americans whose Wi-Fi is... Trump 2020, but it's 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 Trump 2020. It's just one of those little, you know, for my Joe Biden neighbor over there. Every time he opens up his Wi-Fi, bam, Trump 2020. 
So uh, I believe there's a huge percentage of Americans who simply, yeah, for whatever reason, don't want to admit they're voting for Donald Trump. Um, but if we ever get to see the debates, if, if there will be debates, I think that the, um, the stammering Joe Biden will not be able to keep up with Donald Trump. And this is the ledger register for this week, by the way. If you go to GrahamLedger.com, GrahamLedger.com, or you go to the Zip app. If you don't have it on the phone, you've got to grab it, download it. ZipApp.com, enter Ledger in the quick code box. ZipApp.com, Ledger in the quick code box. The question is, if Nancy Pelosi gets her way and the presidential debates are canceled, that's what she said. She says she doesn't think there should be debates. If they're canceled, would it help or hurt President Trump's re-election chances? Um, I think it would help him. I think it helps him if Joe Biden shows up. To a certain degree, I think Donald Trump is in a win-win situation when it comes to these debates. As we battle, not in the streets of Portland because of a race riot, or not even because of, of politics, we are battling in this election cycle for the heart and soul of this constitutional, underlying constitutional republic. This edition of the Ledger Report is on its way to the Archives Library of Congress. Thank you for listening. I'm Graham Ledger. And remember, even when I'm wrong, I'm right!